0: before we dive on into football we want to thank the sponsor of today's episode southern cigar co southern cigar co is a premium cigar subscription service founded with the goal of connecting cigar lovers around the world with nothing but the best smokes heading into a cigar shop and choosing from a vast selection could be a daunting task Southern Cigar Co. has developed a service that takes away the worry and the hassle while providing you with premium cigars every single month. For under $40 per month and free shipping within the United States, Southern Cigar Co. will ship four of their finest cigars right to your door, with the first box of every subscription including a triple torch lighter, a double guillotine cutter, a Bovetta humidity pack, and an informational card displaying everything you need to know about your newest cigars. There's no better pairing to Sunday football and your favorite bottle of beer or glass of scotch than one of Southern Cigar Co.'s top-of-the-line smokes. With the holiday season right around the corner, the world's best cigar subscription would make the perfect gift for the cigar lover in your life. Head to southerncigarco.com and enter code P-U-T-B for 10% off your first order. Again, that's southerncigarco.com and enter promo code P-U-T-B for 10% off your first order. And now, back to the football. Your hello and happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Pick Up the Blitz Podcast, hosted live on the Locker Room app. My name is Justin Heyer. I'm here with co-host Nick Bellotto And uh, today we've got a very fun episode for you. We'll be talking the Dolphins against the Patriots, previewing everything you need to know about this game, the laundry list of Injuries, uh, injury news that's coming into this game. I think the Patriots have like 900 players listed as questionable. The Dolphins, another 700 themselves, so lots to get into there. <laughs> we'll be having a very special guest, Pat Lane, one of uh, our uh, our preeminent Patriots uh, insiders here on the locker room app, also from Pat's fault, so... We'll be getting uh, into a lot of Patriots news here with Pat, and of course, we'll end the episode with our score predictions, as we're, uh, of course, live on the Locker Room app. Definitely want anyone who's on here, feel free to jump in uh, to come up and talk, or to leave questions and things of that nature in the chat. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring Pat up to speak. Pat, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. If you are there, (laughs) Pat. um, (laughs) I'm not sure, you might be away from the mic for a second, but... Uh, we'll uh, we'll give him a, t- a chance to come back on.
1: Guys, can you hear me?
0: Oh, There we go. Yeah, we got gotcha. you.
1: Go. Sorry about that. I, it, I don't know what the heck happened, but something yeah, happened.
2: No worries
1: at all. So, no worries. Thank go- you for being Nick. on the show.
0: Hey, absolutely.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Nick, what do you teach, buddy?
2: Uh, I'm a history teacher. I'm a high school oh. history teacher.
1: Okay. That's my wife's high school history teacher as well. Oh, um, awesome. Very good. I teach uh, eighth, eighth grade
0: math
2: myself. Ooh, eighth, that's probably the only math that I'm so capable of doing. <laughs> that's, that might be a stretch.
0: I second that. I second that. We were just talking uh, for anyone who's listening on uh, Spotify or all other podcasting platforms. We were talking about before the show. A hearty thank you to all our teachers, many of whom who are going on a well-deserved vacation and break. Uh, so, thank you very much, of course, to you two guys for uh, for holding down the fort for everyone because we all we all definitely need we need our teachers right now. That's for sure. Very hey, much it. has been tough. To it's been a tough year. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> I don't want to get into a rant, but I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll <laughs> stick to
0: football. Um, so, uh, yeah, I want to start first off, if it's all right with you, Nick. I, I gotta ask you, Pat. We got, we got. I think, what is it, a dozen or so Patriots players are listed as questionable going into this game and definitely some important ones as well. Uh, Adam Butler, of course, uh, is one of them. J.C. Jackson, the top corner on the team. Uh, the I think the biggest piece of news, though, of course, is Julian Edelman's potential return to the field. So uh, do you have any insight for us on how many of these guys are actually truly questionable or if they're just Belichick questionable?
1: I, dude, your guess is as good as mine. This year, The way this year has gone, you know, anyone could be out on any given week. Um, I personally, myself, I might be wrong about this, I personally don't think Edelman will be back until next week just because, um, you know, obviously you're technically still alive this week. No matter what happens, if you win, technically you're still alive this week. Um, and so I just don't know if they want to use him now. I think, I think they've considered kind of resting him for the rest of the year because at this point with him, he's just so fragile. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like he's not going back till next week, but I might be wrong about that. But so many of these other guys, Butler was in and out of the lineup even the last few weeks. J. C. Jackson's been a guy who he looked like he really got hurt uh, last week, and then he was turned out he was okay. So uh, I have I have no idea uh, as to who is going to be on the on the roster and who isn't going to be on the roster. Um, but uh, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah, with Edelman, I don't. It's so hard for anyone to know because he's not even on the injury report because he wasn't activated from IR yet. So they don't have to release his like right. I guess practice status. So that's going to be hard to know. Damian Harris is another one that caught my eye just because he was added midweek, and that's almost never a good sign. Um, but, yeah, he was. I think he was limited on Thursday after being totally fine on Wednesday, and then Friday he came back for another limited session. So with right. a team that ran rampant and ran circles around Miami in the first matchup, I think that's another definitely a big one to watch.
1: I mean, that's all they can do is run the ball. So if you're without Damian Harris, uh, it's not good. It's not good in a game that you need to win.
2: Yeah, but from but, a Patriot perspective, you know when yeah. you think about what the Dolphins are bad at, it actually works out great because we're we're very bad at defending the run, um, right? So you get kind of you know the only thing that you guys are capable of doing is the one thing we can't seem to stop, especially when it's mobile quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, no, so the Dolphins true, have been dominant by running quarterbacks this year. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's it's surprising too, especially with you know flow down there, but. Uh... You know, I guess I guess obviously a lot of it is the uh, is the personnel and whatnot. But even still, you know, you'd think they'd be a little bit better at it. Um, I think they'll get better at it eventually. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's something where you would think scheme-wise they'd be able to, to do that. I mean, especially now, the league is – there's so many, you know, mobile quarterbacks in the league. It's going to be something you're going to have to be able to stop. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to win many games.
0: Yeah, and I want to – sorry, go for it, Nick.
2: And, no, I wanted to say to Pat's point that they're going to get better. I do think that they have gotten incrementally better over the course of the season at defending the run. Um, but, you know, th- and, and you're right, Pat. Like, it's 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 interesting that they haven't been able to figure that out um, because of the nature of, of the NFL as it is right now, and there are just so many more mobile quarterbacks than there are statues anymore. Um, you know, it, it's interesting they haven't figured it out. I think a lot of it has to do with youth, um, and I, I think I think a lot of this has to do with how – the D, the Dolphins' defense is built for uh, that bend don't break mentality, which Justin and I have talked about for so long that they're willing to give up all those yards as long as you're not scoring points. When it comes to the you know the red zone, which up until the Chiefs game they've been pretty you know consistently able to do over the course of the year. Right. With something they
0: may have to pay even more attention to next week with with Derek Carr going down and potentially Marcus Mariota starting, and he just ran all over the Chargers. In, uh, in, in last night's game, which ended up being a lot more of a fun firework show than I think I was expecting, uh, that, that, that Raiders-Chargers game, which actually had huge playoff implications for both the Patriots and Dolphins. Good yeah, the that's... Raiders lost there. Yeah, but
2: that's a future Nick Justin Patton. Under- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Never,
1: exactly. Never underestimate the, the, uh, exciting, the exciting nature of bad coaching. Uh, because, you know, it's just with two, I, I think, I, I mean, people could talk about how John Gruden's a great coach and all this up, but like, I think it's pretty definitive over the last few years. He's just not very good. He's okay. He's just not very good. And Anthony Lynn, I think has proven time and time again, he's just not a good coach. I mean, you, you know, you get the ball fourth and five at the 40 yard line and you punt and you at the 40 yard line. What are you doing? Like, I, I just, that was mind blowing to me. And And then what happens? they go out and drive right down the field and score a touchdown. And it's just like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, that's karma. Like, that's exactly what it is. You don't punt from your own, four, from from the opposing 40-yard line. You're five yards out of field line. It's just, it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, but that's, yeah. you know. Definitely
0: both do. poor game managers is what we can right. say about, uh, about Anthony Lynn and, and, and John Gruden. And on full display there, because both of them tried to lose. It seems like both of them were trying to lose that game by <laughs> the end. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much, right? Yeah,
2: I don't think either of them are going to get the job done over to any remaining tenure that they have in whatever situation they find themselves in. I don't think either. I think you said perfectly, Pat. They're not. They're not very good. They're They're going to keep you at that, you know, six and ten mark for the rest of eternity if you keep them around.
1: Right. Well, and so now, what's interesting with the Patriots now is that their playoff path, quote unquote, uh, the Raiders are out of it. The Raiders are done. Right. In order for the Patriots to make the playoffs they have to win out anyways. If they win out, it, assuming that the that the Raiders then win out, it still doesn't matter because they'd have the same record and the Patriots beat the Raiders. So the Raiders are done. They're out of the equation. Right. The Patriots at this point now need somehow for Baltimore to lose two out of the next three games, which is never going to happen. I mean, really, someone would have to take Lamar Jackson out back and I mean, really, you we gotta hire like figure out where Jeff Gulli is and hire that guy. <laughs> And because that's the only way that's going to happen, and, and and you know you need the Dolphins. Obviously, the Patriots have to win this weekend, and the Dolphins need to lose, which I think is conceivable to either Buffalo or eh, maybe not Vegas, but certainly I think they could lose to Buffalo, and that happens, and and somehow the Patriots sneak in. I don't think it's going to happen personally. It's a little hot take for you personally. I'm I would I couldn't I can't root for the Patriots to lose. I could never do that, but. Part of me wants the Patriots to lose on Sunday just so that we can stop talking about the stupid playoff push because it's just not going to happen. It's so unrealistic. And if they win this weekend, as I said, even if the Ravens win, the Patriots are still technically alive until next weekend. And so I just would, I just assume lose, be done with it. And then like, okay, we're out of the playoffs. Like everything's over. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I would just assume that happened. Of course, Sunday at 4 o'clock, I'd be pissed that the Patriots lost, but then I'd be like, okay, you know what? Like, now we can start focusing on 2021, you know?
0: Yeah, because according to 538, which is, as everyone knows, a a, a prominent predictions website, they have an NFL playoff predictor. You can play with the matchups, see who's going to win and lose and how that affects the playoffs. Even if the Patriots win out, meaning beat Miami, beat Buffalo, beat the Jets, these final three divisional games, they still only have an 11% chance of making the playoffs. And that's if they win all those games. Right. uh, Well, that's because
1: the Ravens, the Ravens play the Jaguars, the Giants and the Bengals, and they would need to lose two out of those three games. There is just, there is no chance that's going to happen. The Browns blew it for the Patriots on Sunday or on Monday night. I'm sorry, because if the Browns had beaten the Ravens, then they would only have to lose one of those games. And at least there's a possibility. Now, are they going to lose one of those games? Probably not. But, like, it's possible that the Giants win or, like, that the Jaguars shock the world and win. This, like, who knows? It's possible that one of those teams can win. But to ask two of those teams to win, I just it just seems so ridiculous that yeah. there's almost no chance of it happening.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very, very tall ask. And I definitely want to get into all the playoff scenarios for for the Dolphins as well a little bit later in the show. I just want to finish up here the injury talk. So we talked the Mm -hmm. Patriots injuries, a lot of question marks, probably no Edelman, uh, a lot of other questionable guys. Some some may play, some not. We never know with Belichick. Flores seems to be playing an identical game here in that uh, anyone who was limited in practice at all this week for any day is at this point listed as questionable. The Dolphins have a lot of important guys on that questionable list. The guys who are okay, I'll run through them first. Tua had an ankle injury practice full all week. He's fine, as is Shaq Lawson, Solomon Kinley, Austin Jackson, Xavier Howard, and Kayvon Frazier. So a lot of important names are totally fine there. No injury designation. They will play Antonio Callaway. Quick note, he didn't participate at one point this week for a non-injury-related reason, so he is fine as well. But, Nick, when we look at the questionable list of Dolphins here, you have... Salvan Ahmed, who came out of his no-contact jersey on Friday, but still was limited and is listed as questionable. You have Jerome Baker, who was injured in Friday's practice with a knee injury listed as questionable. Eric Flowers missed last week's game after an ankle injury, limited all week, questionable. Uh, Mike Gasicki is the biggest headline, though. Mike Gasicki had what looked like a season-ending shoulder injury on Sunday last week. I'm convinced that the ground he fell on is more hurt than he is, though, because the man is a freaking tank. He came back and practiced on Thursday, what looked like a torn rotator cuff, but he was back on Thursday, limited, and is now questionable.
2: He, the man must be superhuman because he looked done. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. and I think, um, uh, Pat, you were talking about J.C. Jackson's injury looking worse than it was. And I, As soon as you said that, my first thought was Mike Kosicki, too, because yeah. I, I agree with you, Justin. The way he hobbled off the end of that game, I thought it was done. I think the season was over. There was just no way. The way his shoulder was just – his arm was just kind of – dangling there, that didn't look to me as something that was going to be easily fixable over the course yeah. of a week. Um, so, yeah, but I think even if he does play, he's going to be extremely limited. I can't see, um, especially since the Dolphins do have playoff aspirations, if they can do something offensively without Gesicki, I think they're going to try. I think it, I think he'll play if it's necessary for this team to win, and I don't know. It, you know, we got to see how the game kind of plays out before we can make that distinction. Um, but I think that he will be um, limited even if he does, is good to go on Sunday. But I, I think the Dolphins need him. And I think of all the names you just listed, you know, we always talk about how uh, putrid the offensive weapons for the Dolphins are. And I think, I think putrid is the only way to describe it nowadays. But that injury to Jerome Baker, I think, is huge for this team. Um, because in order to stop athletic mobile quarterbacks, you need – Athletic mobile linebackers, and as good as the Landon Roberts is at certain aspects of the game, Gruje Hill, uh, those they're not Jerome Baker, right? They're not. They don't have the same level of athleticism as Baker does. So I think that's this. As much as Getzicky's going to not having him on the field potentially is going to hurt the offense, I think the defense, which has struggled like we've already talked about, losing potentially Baker is going to be bigger. Than losing Gasicki because you still got a couple other tight ends who Tua can throw the ball to who's comfortable with in Shaheen and uh, Smythe, um, but losing Baker you don't have a guy who's can step in and be that athletic linebacker for you if Baker's not good to go. So I'm I'm very concerned about losing Baker more than I am Gasicki,
0: especially with how much New England runs the ball. As you said, Nick, that that could be huge, right. and Baker's been. Baker stepped up in a massive way last week when uh, when Roberts and and Van Noy couldn't be out there. He's Baker's not the best run defending linebacker in the NFL. He's quick, he's fast, and he can track guys down, but he is a huge part of this defense, especially if either Van Noy or Roberts are limits. So that's definitely a big concern.
1: No, it's a good point. I mean, that's I mean the good thing for the for Miami is that the Patriots can't throw the ball, and so like he's not gonna you know if they don't have a guy like that. You know, certainly they do the Patriots do the majority of their best running on the edges, assuming Damian Harris is healthy. Um, you know, that's really where they where they do well is the tosses, the, you know, the toss cracks and the sweeps and things like that. Um, that's where they've had a lot of successes on the edge, and so having an athletic linebacker that can get to the edge is obviously important. But he's not going to have to go up against a, a top flight tight end um, or even really cover backs out of the backfield, to be honest, because even a guy like James White has been basically invisible because cam has been so bad throwing the ball short you know short yardage that white's been invisible all year long and so he's not going to really have to deal with that aspect of it so from that side of it as obviously you'd prefer to have him but it's not like it's not like the end of the world where it's like okay you know they do this really well and he does this really well and so you know he could take that away it's not really that case um although obviously good player you want him out there but it's not like, you know, it's not like, oh, man, we, he can't shut down this guy because, you know, we're in trouble. And so I think Gusecki's a big loss for them. I mean, I you know, assuming he doesn't play, Devontae Parker's out, right? Is he not? And I know Preston Williams obviously is on IR. So, like, you're talking about now who the heck are they going to throw? Oh, Grant, isn't
2: Grant out too? Like, what the heck? Who, so, who's going to catch the ball? That's a phenomenal question. Justin and I are starting up. Justin and I are yeah, up. We're <laughs> going to be <Exactly>. <laughs> or the, We'll be <laughs> out there. about it. Six hours. We'll be in Miami. Yeah, we're just
0: going to drive right down. Um, So Parker and Grant are both questionable. Grant seems to be on the wrong side of questionable, while Parker seems to be more on the right side of questionable. But, Um, I mean, honestly, it's anyone's guess. Both have been limited the entire week. Both are listed as questionable. Both went down with hamstring injuries in the middle of last week's game. So... How much of the hamstring was strained, and how much of it is still sore? Is anyone's guess. You know, uh, unless we're in that trainer's room, I think it's impossible to know which of them will be active ninety minutes before the game uh, on on Sunday. But uh, definitely, two options will be limited. I would guess Gasecki is going to take another week, and I'm going to guess. Amazing. Yeah, I- I'm I'm going to guess that at least one of Grant or Parker aren't questionable. Meaning the likely starting lineup is one of Grant or Parker. I'm going to say Parker here. Probably a Lynn Bowden in the slot, as, as Nick knows I've talked about quite a bit. Uh, and then maybe Mac Hollins on on the outside. Uh, at, at running back, it sounds like Ahmed might be ready uh, because he came out of that red no-contact jersey. Brita's definitely playing after coming off the COVID list. Gaskin definitely not playing because he's still on the COVID list. So with all of that said, Pat, I'm curious. You know, it's been a long time since these two teams played. It was back in week one. Very different offenses. Different quarterback, obviously, for Miami. Yep. How can, you know, we, we know we talked about New England's offense, it's limited, but on the defensive side of the ball for New England, how can Miami or how should Miami be attacking New England here, especially given the fact that a lot of the weapons here for too are limited this week? Well, that's a good question. And before I answer it, I do want to, Lynn Bowden, what the hell was, what the hell were the Raiders thinking?
1: Like they drafted him in the third round. That's what I'm they saying. Traded him, they traded him to Miami for a fourth round pick. What the hell were they doing? I just—that's what I'm saying. And thinking. look, I don't know—I don't know what you think about Lin Bowden. I haven't watched him play yet, um, but like, he looked like he had some explosiveness. You drafted the guy in the third round, and like, yeah, maybe you thought he sucked, but why did he just trade him? Like, it just the stupidest thing I've ever. Like, it just doesn't. It made zero sense unless the guy was a horrible person and you didn't want him around. I don't see any other explanation for making that trade. It's just, it's just stupid.
2: I mean, it was, me, it's just so If he was a horrible person, Brian Flores wouldn't have made the trade for him. And that's, that's it. Right that's, what, that's, what, that's, the, what, that's what I'm saying, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm mean, not saying he is. I'm just saying, like, no, what sure. other explanation could there be? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what the hell are they thinking? Well, maybe maybe, maybe they're thinking that John Gruden, you know, John Gruden <laughs> doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Yeah. Which mean, we've already established on this episode. We have. Exactly.
0: Tying it back in, Nick uh, knows I am very high on Lynn Bowden. I, I it sounds like they wanted to use him as a running back, which makes no sense to me given how uh, exciting he was as a receiver before he moved to uh, quarterback in Kentucky. So, I, uh, Pat, I completely agree, and I am excited about Lynn Bowden.
1: Right, and it just you know, I mean, the other side of it too is they have Josh Jacobs. Like, we're upset that Lynn Bowden's not going to play running back, and we have an explosive. It's just they're just so dumb. Anyways, <laughs> all right. So the <laughs> yeah, as far as the Dolphins attacking the Patriots, like. It's tough because if, I, if I'm a team playing the Patriots, I'm going to run on every play, every single play. Because although the Patriots have been okay stopping the run for the most part, um, you know, you can certainly gash them. You saw with Cam Akers on Thursday night, um, you know, and you just watch the, you watch the games. I mean, look, the, the, the best unit that the Patriots have Overall, on their entire team, outside of their special teams unit, which is elite, is, is their defensive secondary. You know, you're talking about Stefan Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, Devin McCourty. Those, those are like four of the best players in the entire team. And so if I'm, if I'm the Patriots, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm, certain, I'm sorry, and certainly if I have a rookie quarterback going against the Patriots, which we all know what the record is for rookie quarterbacks against, against Bill Belichick, I am not putting that game in his hands. I'm trying to run the ball as much as I can. Now, Miles Gaskins is out. Who knows if, if your other boy, you know, Ahmed is going to be healthy. Like, so, th- so there are some questions as to who's going to run the ball. But if I'm the Dolphins, I'm looking at it saying, we have to do a run first, you know, a run first thing. And the idea, too, is that you have a guy like Adrian Phillips is their second linebacker. He's a safety. They have a ton of injuries at linebacker. Brandon Copeland, who I was really excited about this year and had been playing well was hurt weeks ago, um, and that's you know that's one of those ones where like not having him hurts quite a bit. Uh, and Anthony Jennings has been there, but he's he's been okay, but he's just been there. He's not really doing much. Jawan Bentley's had a few flashing you know, a few good games, but uh, he hasn't really flashed too much. So it's like that's where you can take advantage of the Patriots' defense is by running the ball, especially if Adam Butler is out. Um, that certainly can help, um, but I mean. If I'm if I'm the Dolphins, I am I am saying, take the game out of Tua's hands. Like you don't want to have Tua versus Belichick because if you have that, you're going to lose. You're going to lose that matchup. And Flores knows that. He's smart enough to know that. He's been on the other side of it with Belichick, where they've been able to take advantage of young quarterbacks. And you saw what he did to Justin Herbert. And that's a that was a much better passing offense than than, uh, than Miami is. And so, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm running, 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 running. And then I'll, you know, set up the pass a little bit. Maybe I'll run with Tua a bit and see what happens. But, um, but yeah, you know, the last thing I want to be doing is relying on the passing game.
2: A hundred percent. I actually couldn't agree with you more unless the passing game is coming off a of play action, right? I think you saw last week with Miami, they were, they were the most effective when offensively, when two things were happening. One, they were running the hurry up. And two, when they were running play action passes, that ended up taking Tua out of the pocket, right? So if I – if if Miami is smart and they're game planning properly, they're going to run the ball as effectively as possible. And like you said, Pat, take, you don't like Miami wants to go into this one not having to rely on Tua because he they, to win this game. They want their running game to do what they need to do to be successful. But the problem is that with no running backs, with no one you can trust in the backfield, Miami can't can't count on that, right? So, right. so I don't think that I think that's. Great in theory. I don't think it's going to work out in practice at all. Um, I because I just the running game is not on good days with Gaskin and Ahmed and the whole backfield healthy. They still aren't running the ball well. So it, with with the limited core that you've got, I think two is going to play. They're going to put the ball in the air a lot, even if they don't necessarily want to.
1: Uh, it's certainly possible. It's certainly possible, and you might be right. I just I look at again. I go back to two weeks ago when they played the Chargers and they just embarrassed the Chargers. And, you know, you're talking about a guy that, you I mean, look what he did last night. You know, you get back-to-back now. After that game, you get back-to-back game winning he drives, uh, you know, to win games for the Chargers. And, you know, despite everything that the Chargers have done, he's still winning them games. And I think that that, you know, really says something about, about Justin Herbert. Um, I think he's a good player. And the Bakers just took advantage of him because Belichick is great at, you know, making them think they see something that they don't really see, confusing them. Uh, you know, disguising coverages, disguising defenses, and, and, and throwing something different in there to see. And so, for me, I just look at it and say, you know, that that's if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm looking at it saying, man, if it's Tua versus Belichick, like that's not good. <laughs> that's not good at all. And it works on the Patriots' favor because you're right. You know, you got a bunch of running backs that are out. You also have a bunch of receivers that are out. So like,
2: it's not it's it's not looking good. For yeah, the Dolphins it's, it's, exactly. They don't have weapons, right? I think yeah. the one thing that they do have going in their favor, though, and I'll let you go just in a second, is that Brian Flores has helped Bill Belichick make those game plans in the past. So maybe there's something there that other rookie quarterbacks don't have access to in terms of the mindset of Belichick, but I still don't I think that's going to be a game changing philosophy because Belichick has been able to, to outmaneuver his own guys at every turn when they've been coaching against him. So, you know, just one thing maybe that Dolphin fans can cling to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that having, sure,
0: having Flores, I think, does add a little bit of a of a uh, a feather in the cap, if you will, of 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 a of, of an advantage. I guess is the best way to put it. But I, I was watching uh, ESPN get up this morning, and Rob Ninkovich was on this segment. They were talking about is the rookie streak for Belichick going to continue? Will he be able to be Fuddle Tua? And and uh, Ninkovich was talking about how. The first two drives of every Patriots game, you can see rookie quarterback, every single play, the Patriots disguise coverage. They don't show anything at all pre-snap. Something will change from pre-snap to post-snap. And then they see how the rookie responds and essentially execute the rest of the game plan according to the rookie quarterback's response. So I do think that we're definitely going to see, as you said, Pat, a lot of disguised coverages in this game. A lot of moments where Tua is going to have to make a read. He's going to have to notice something that was disguised, notice something that was covered up, and then react appropriately. We have seen already throughout the past couple weeks that Tua is still a rookie, has those rookie moments mm-hmm. with disguised coverages. He's not perfect yet, nor should he be, but he's not perfect yet at, uh, at post-snap reads. He does struggle a little bit in that area. So how he responds, that will be very interesting. I wouldn't be surprised, as much as I hate to say this, I wouldn't be surprised if Chan Gailey in this game specifically tries to keep things a little bit more simple for Tua than he did in the second half of the Chiefs game because you might need some more training wheels here than you did against other defensive coordinators.
2: See, I think that would be a mistake, Justin, because I think... I I I agree. It hurts me, but I think it's a possibility. Well, I mean, I I think from... Not not even from, like, a growth perspective, which is a lot of the reasons I've been arguing against that in the past. I just, you know, I, I hear what you're saying... And, and I get the whole, like, adjusting on the fly thing to what the rookie's giving you. Um, but Miami's offense is – Miami needs to come out of the gate running that no huddle. And I said this on Monday when we did our post-game wrap-up of the Chiefs game. They need to yeah. come out of that gate running the no huddle. And they need to tell – like, Flores needs to tell Tua, like, they are going to mix things up on you. You've got to just be able to adjust on the fly and you can't hold on to the ball too long and you can't overthink things that you see that, that are available to you, Right. If they come out of the no huddle, they might be able to put the Patriots defense on their heels a little bit. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen right out of the gate. But if they can run that no huddle, I think that's going to be important uh, for establishing some sort of offensive uh, continuity in this.
1: Yeah, so to me, I just come back to like, you know, you look at, uh, again, I'll use the Herbert example again, where they've been dominant, really kind of dominant this year offensively, and – he really struggled against them. And then you look at, you know, the uh, the Denver game with Drew Locke. And I know Drew Locke isn't the isn't the greatest quarterback, of course. But he had like 180 yards passing and two, two interceptions with no touchdowns. And so, like, even that game where the Patriots played horrendously in that game offensively, defensively, the quarterback wasn't able to do anything. And I think that that's... That's just a reflection as to what they're able to do and what they're able to take away um, you know, when you're playing them. Young quarterbacks just have consistently struggled over and over and over again. And although I agree, you don't necessarily want to get out of your game plan. You want to run your game plan and do what you're going to do. But at the same time, you have to understand that, like, that doesn't, it just doesn't work against the Patriots. And maybe, listen, Nick, maybe you're right. Right? Maybe it's like everyone knows that playing the Patriots, so they get out of their game and they play a different game than than they're used to playing. I don't know, right? Maybe it's like chicken to the egg thing, right? Is it like, are they changing their offense because of the Patriots and they're not not as successful? Or are they not as successful against the Patriots because, you know, the Patriots are so good at at disguising things and taking it away? I'm not sure what the answer is there. So it could be that, you know, that sticking with your normal game plan and doing what you're supposed to be doing uh, and doing what you want to do, right? And and dictating the way the the, the game is going to go. Uh, can change things, but, you know, again, if, I, if I'm if i a Dolphins fan, I'd be very leery, you know, with Tua throwing the ball a ton, and here's the other part of it, right, the other part of it is that the Patriots offense, as I've mentioned a few times, is terrible, they stick, they can't move the ball, they're awful, okay, they just, they're flat out, they're just terrible, right, you look what they've done the last three games, and of course they crushed the Chargers, but they had, they scored a defensive touchdown and, uh, and a special teams touchdown. Oh, sorry. They scored two special teams touchdowns in that game. And, you know, they – and they were good, but they really were running the ball mostly. They did nothing against the Rams. And the Cardinals game, the first three scores that they had were all – they took over the possession of the ball on their side of the 50-yard line. And the last one was a 15-yard run by Cam coupled with a 15-yard uh, penalty at the end of the run. So they really haven't been able to move the ball now for three straight games passing the ball. Obviously, you know, the Chargers game is a little bit different. But passing the ball, they haven't been able to move the ball. And so the key, and so the key is, is that if you can limit your turnovers and limit mistakes, you can beat the Patriots. And if you're going to throw the ball with two a lot and he's going to make some of those rookie mistakes – now that might lead to a, a few picks, and if that leads to a few picks, now the Patriots get, you know, the ball with good field position, and now all of a sudden you're losing the game instead of winning the game. And you might be able to win the game 13-3, to three, right? And so that's the idea. You know, that's, that's what I would
2: I, I agree. If you ask me, like, a perfect recipe for a Dolphins victory in this one, it's Tua throws the ball 20 times, has 180, 200 yards, and a touchdown, and their defense – leads them to victory and whoever the running back ends up being has close to a hundred yard game right and, and a couple of catches out of the backfield like a, a, a nice amount of two uh completions in this one should be screen passes if they're available if he can keep the ball if if they throw more than 25 attempts i think they're playing into exactly what you're saying pat what the defense wants you to do and that's just going to lead to mistakes because two has gotten lucky I a lot of these last few games, gotten very lucky with some of the dropped interceptions and, and, uh, and, and just kind of getting lucky with how things have fallen. That's not necessarily going to be the case again.
0: Yeah, that's why I, I might be extra special, Nick, with that kind of game plan to get someone like Eric Flowers back, who has been one of Miami's best run blockers uh, over the course of the season. Flowers, of course, had the ankle injury a couple weeks ago, couldn't play last week, limited questionable this week. So Flowers, I think, could be a big piece right now because if you, you want – your biggest lineman on the field. That means you want Figured Flowers and, and and you want you want Flowers, you want Solomon Kinley, and Robert Hunt. Those are the road graders of this offense. As much as I love Jesse Davis's versatility, he is not the best run blocker on this offensive line. So if Flowers can play, and maybe Ahmed could play because Ahmed, when he's been on the field, which has been rare because he was buried on the depth chart and then injured the shoulder, but the two or three games that he had significant snaps. He was productive and efficient. Mm -hmm. So to see him on the field could be uh, really, really important. Um, So if we're talking now, getting into a bit of the playoff scenarios, uh, at least for the Dolphins, I know we touched a bit on that. The Pats essentially need to win out and get some help. If we're talking Dolphins playoff scenarios here, I'm curious about both of your opinions on the likelihood of this. So the Dolphins, if they win out, they're in. If they win out, they're in. If they win out, they'll have the conference tiebreaker on Baltimore, if they win out, they'll automatically be knocking out New England and uh, the Vegas Raiders. So if they win out, they're in. They cannot win the division unless Buffalo loses out. But if they win out, they get the wild card spot. If they don't win out, they need one of four things to happen. Either the Colts lose twice, the Ravens lose specifically to an AFC opponent. A Ravens loss to the Giants doesn't help because uh, these two teams, would, if they have a tied record, the Ravens have the conference uh, tiebreaker if they're only losses to the Giants. So the Ravens would need to lose either to Cincinnati or Jacksonville, two Browns losses, or the Titans losing all three games. Do you see at all, either of you, a scenario in which the Dolphins don't win out and still make it in? Because all of those things seem kind of impossible
2: to me. I I think it is highly, highly, highly unlikely that. All of those lovely, amazing things happen. The best chance so one, of, the one of those. To get, we would need one of those. One of those I, four things. Regardless, I mean, I just, I can't see, a, a, the Dolphins need to do their job. They need to do what they need to do to get into the playoffs. And I've been saying that all year, and for it feels like the entirety of my existence. The Dolphins need to do their job uh, in order to get the playoffs. They can't get themselves into a position where they have to rely on others.
1: I don't see it. I I don't. I mean, I don't know what the Colts' uh, schedule looks like coming up. um, But, you know, asking the Ravens to lose one of those games seems ridiculous. The Browns are the Browns, so they could certainly Browns it up. Um, But still, I just feel like asking them to lose two out of their last three is a lot. Now, they might be playing Pittsburgh in there uh, probably. So I guess it's possible. But unlikely that that's going to happen. And as far as, you know, the Ravens, I mean, well, I already talked about the Ravens, or the Patriots, like it's just, I just don't see a way that that happens.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, not the, the good news, field, not the Cincinnati. Well, that's the thing, you know, the good news for, for, for the Dolphins, that if they beat the Patriots, they play Buffalo and they play, um, the chart, no Chargers, right?
0: Raiders. Raiders.
1: That's true. And so that, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, man. That's going to be fascinating. And then Week 17, here's what's interesting. Week 17 against Buffalo, there's a possibility. There's a possibility now. If Buffalo has already clinched the division and it has locked up, the say, the three seed or even if it's the four seed, if they've locked up their positioning and they've clinched the AFC East, that game isn't going to matter to them. So there's a possibility now. The Dolphins could beat the Patriots on Sunday, could win next weekend against the Raiders, and then they're playing the Bills last week of the season in a meaningless game for Buffalo, who doesn't get a bye. They could say, you know what? We're going to arrest Josh Allen. We're going to arrest these guys, and we're going to say, you know what? Whatever. This game doesn't matter. It can't help us, can't hurt us, doesn't make a difference. So we're just going to go in there and and treat it essentially like a bye week uh, and kind of go from there. Now, I don't know if they want to do that, but they could do that, and if they do, sure. then you're looking at the Dolphins saying, "Hey, you know, we walk into the playoffs with a three-game winning streak, and you know, now we can you know play against whoever it is." So, um, you know, I, I think that's to me that's the most likely scenario. Um, you know, oh, so uh, Robert is saying the Texans, Steelers, and Jags are the Colts remaining schedule. So obviously, you're going to need to lose this weekend to the yeah. Texans. They win this weekend against the Texans, and that's out. And so. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see you know what happens there. But I can't imagine any of those scenarios, you know, happening. If you're if you're looking for a team that is on the brink of the playoffs, losing two out of the last three games, I just don't I, I just don't feel like that's realistic. You know,
0: I think that's fair. And uh, I that that Bill's point is very interesting. And and Robert, that's a great point in the chat. And by the way, anyone, Robert, or anyone else who's listening right now, if you want to come up and. And chat with us, Stephanie, feel free to hit that request to speak button. But with regards to that Colts remaining schedule, I agree, Pat. I think it needs to be a loss to the Texans this week because I don't think uh, it's going to happen with the Jaguars at the end of the year, even though the Colts did lose never know. to the Jaguars in week one. So, yeah, that's right. You never know. But it was a different Colts team, and this Jags team has been on such a slide. It's possible that the Jags play spoiler if you get a Minshew Mania special Minshew Magic week. Maybe if you could pick Philip Rivers off it a couple times, but I do agree with with Robert there in the chat. I think that if one of the those scenarios is to play out again, that's either a Ravens loss to an AFC opponent, two Colts losses, two Browns losses, or a Titans losing out. I think your your Colts two losses is the most likely. The fact though that that's the most likely speaks to exactly what you both said, and that the Dolphins kind of just need to take care of business. But that Bills potentially benching everyone at the end of the year. That's that could be massive. I, Dolphins fans should, I think, at this point, practically be rooting for a Bills win this week against the Denver Broncos because can't do it. I, I just if they win against the Broncos, they lock up. They lock up the division. If Kansas City wins, they lock up the number one seed. If both of those things happen, the Bills essentially have nothing to play for the rest of the year. You could bench Josh Allen, which I think they ended up doing by the way at the end of last year when they had locked up a playoff spot, but not necessarily had that work play out for. for. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah fair. fumbled all over the place. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. Um, but if they stick to the same philosophy, even again see, I think the, the real sticking point is, will, will Sean McDermott be able to look at his Bills players and say, we're going to bench everyone against the division
2: rival?
1: Well, but I think, I, I think for, you know, for them, you look at it and just say, hey, look, we're focused on bigger things than the Dolphins on Week 17. Like, we're right. not you – know, we don't You know, care about this game. We're worried about playoff implications. Now, here's the thing, okay? Yeah, let's just say, right, the, that they're fighting for a playoff spot and they, and they have the, th- the three seed locked up. Or if they, you know, whatever the case may be, maybe they can be playing, the, you know, the Dolphins on back-to-back weeks. And then right. do you really want them to not really play against them one week and then really really play against them hard the next week? Like So th- those are things that you don't know the answers to, of course. But, but if they wrap up, let's just say, right, they're stuck in the four seed, let's just say. And well, the four seed I think is unrealistic. But let's just say it's the four seed, right? Let's say that the Colts start winning. They they win out. Now the Bills are stuck in the four seed. They're not going to go anywhere, right? Or the Colts lose one game, the Bills win the next two. They're at the three seed and they're not going anywhere. You know. So you say, okay, we got the three seed locked up. We're at the three. Whether we win or lose, it doesn't matter. We're going to be in the three spot. Now, then that just depends. Okay. Well, if we lose, we lose. Who cares? It doesn't matter. We're, we're the three seed. You know. And I think at that point then it makes sense. Now whether they'll do it or not, it, you know, is, is a question that I don't have the answer to, but a lot of teams like to do that. Um, you know, the bills may feel like we're hot right now. We're playing really well. We're coming off a big winning as the Patriots. Um, you know, we want to, we want to keep going. Right. They may think that way. And if they do, then well, you're SOL in that situation. You're going to have to beat the bills, you know, fully, fully, fully loaded. But there's a possibility that the bills look at it and say, Hey, we'll get the three seed locked up, doesn't matter, like, whatever. Let's just just roll out, you know, roll out the balls, and if you lose, you lose, who cares, you know?
0: Yeah, I, the, what, seeing the Dolphins win three straight, though, honestly, I look at that list of, of options. I don't even know if that's the most likely, though. I, I, just, I want to take it one game at a time, but the thing of the Dolphins beating division rival Patriots, rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick, Beating a Raiders team that, as streaky and actually really not so great as they've been as of late, but still fighting for the playoffs, and then beating a hot Bills team—that that's that's just that's rough. Uh, to me, I I, I really want to see the Bills bench those players week 17 because I'm nervous. The Bills are hot.
1: Speaking of friggin' streaky, those sons of bitches. I have uh, so I I play in multiple fantasy leagues. One of my fantasy leagues that I lost in last week had Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. They scored a combined 14 points last week. They scored a combined 44 points this week. Thanks a lot, you jackasses. Also, because, you know, why not? I'm playing against Darren Waller this week. So he did nothing for me last week and then scored and then dropped 28 on my dome last night. And now I'm like, well, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what the hell is gonna happen, so uh so you know Darren Waller just hates me, cost me one uh one league and uh and now might cost me another one for uh, for starting there, but you know it is what it is, but it's just like so frustrating <laughs>
0: uh he i definitely i definitely definitely feel your pain As do I. I it's it's been a rough fantasy year for me. I can tell you that much i can yeah. tell you that much well how about the, how about
1: this last week right? I had a so, I was in. I had two matchups going. I had I had buying one the. I had two matchups going. I had the Rams defense on Thursday night in one of my matchups, and I played against the Rams defense in another one of my matchups. Both teams that had the Rams defense lost the week.
0: I had the Rams defense in loss. You you're talking about the New England game? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I had them in loss too. I was like going out of Thursday night. I was like, all right, I'm set. I'm like twenty points win by like more than twenty. Because yeah. the Rams' defense just gave me like a, a a treasure trove of points, and then I got pretty much. I had James Conner got me eighteen rushing yards
1: total. Yeah, oh, that's eighteen total fault, rushing yards. Starting James Conner, what are you doing? Well, man? Okay.
0: well, my 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 other, op- <laughs> my yeah, other option, my other option there was uh, was Alexander Madison, who had just had an appendectomy, and then Jamal Williams, who's you know a, a backup. Oh, yikes. So yeah, I,
2: I had I had really nowhere else to turn. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Justin's yeah, so had I'm, a really bad year with fantasy. I can speak to that personally. I've seen I've <laughs> I, seen the buyers. <laughs> yeah, that's a different league. That's a different league.
0: Yeah, I, I was I'm in in my league with Nick, I think I had like three wins this year. It was it was oh. I started off week one, I, week one and two I lost Corlton Sutton and Marlon Mack, two of my starters right off the bat and everything sort of just uh took a took a nose dive from there. I also have Carson Wentz in that league, which Ooh. which is a dynasty league, which is just it's such a disaster. It's such well, a disaster. So my I'm in one I we I
1: did it. We did a dynasty startup this year. A uh, a, um, a what's it called? A um, auction dynasty startup, which auction is yeah. so much fun. But anyways, dude, my my wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Chris oh. Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, T Higgins. Oh my God! Preston Williams and Antonio Brown.
2: <laughs> Did nobody take here, a receiver dude. in your entire draft?
1: I got Justin Jefferson for one dollar. One dollar at the end of the draft. I think I paid it I think I paid two bucks yeah. for Who are you I drafting used, like, with. Dude, it was it was crazy. People like people were spending money and, and I was like, Okay, spend money on whoever you want. And I was like, Oh, let's go just let's see if anyone, you know. And, of course, no one thought Jefferson would be
0: that good. But I was no, like, but well, you you, know. you scooped up all the rookies, and this happened yes. to be like a massive rookie class. You got Higgins, can yes. Jefferson. And, right. And, uh, someone else did that in our league. I mean, we did a, a regular snake-style draft in, a, in the dynasty, dynasty. Started me and Nick. And one of the guys in our league, uh, Eli, he just – he went all rookies. He got uh, all rookies down the board. I'm trying to remember exactly what his team is. I know he has Jefferson. He ended up with uh, – with rugs as well who hasn't done as much but then you got antonio gibson who's been mm-hmm. you know like a top 10 running back yep. as a rookie uh, and uh, a few others as well so he's uh, and michael Pittman, who's been uh been pretty damn good for him yeah here, he's so. been
1: pretty good too yeah yeah it's oh and funny chase claypool
0: how... that was the other one oh jesus claypool. that guy That's man <laughs> yeah that came out of nowhere that yeah. came out of nowhere so Definitely didn't kills. expect that. All right. Um, if we're going to start getting close to wrapping up here, guys, we uh, generally end the, uh, end the show, Pat, with some game and score predictions. So maybe a sentence or two about how this game's going to go, a final score prediction. What are your thoughts? <sighs> well,
1: see, I'm torn because like I said I, I kind of want to see the Patriots lose, but I could never actually root for them to lose or choose for that they will lose. Um, so I'm going to say that they win, um, and I'm going to say that they win like – 17-14, because uh, in order for the Patriots to win, it's going to have to be a dirty, ugly game um, where, you know, it's just going to be – they're going to have to tough it out at the end, low scoring, ugly, lots of turnovers, lots of punts, um, and that's, that's what they're going to need to win this game. All
2: right. Nick? For me, I, I think it's going to be low scoring as well because uh, I just – I can't see either offense, you know, really being explosive. I'm going to go 17-10 Miami. And I'm actually going to say one of those seven, one of those 17, one of those touchdowns, I don't know. Seven of those points are going to come from the <laughs> defense. Really? Okay. okay.
0: Another Xavier Howard pick six. I would, lo- I would, I would love to see it. We'll see and if, he uh, cements
2: his place as defense. I think he'd be the first <laughs>
0: first double-digit interception year in over a decade, Xavier Howard would be, if, if, uh, if he manages to get another pick.
1: So you must have the lead. I think JC only has eight. I yeah, JC has, has eight,
0: eight, and then X has nine. Got it. Uh, so I, yeah, listen, defensive player of the year. That will be a fun conversation for our, one of our uh, end of season episodes. Because, That's for
2: next time. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think there's a legitimate case. So we'll, we'll we'll definitely talk about that. I I'm gonna go a tad higher scoring. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say twenty four to twenty for Miami in this game. I, I don't think it'll be a runaway either way. I do think the Patriots will manage to score some points just solely based on Cam Newton running the ball because the Dolphins, as, as good as that defense has been, as we said in the beginning of the episode, they've struggled with running quarterbacks. I don't think there's going to be an easy fix, especially, especially if their best uh, running down linebacker uh, is uh, I'm Drum Baker is the guy that used to chase down guys on the edge. And as you said, Pat, the uh, New England Patriots run on the edge, So if Baker's not in this game, I think they'll be able to run the ball. I'm going to say 24-20. Uh, Miami. No, I like it. I like it. Makes
2: sense. Alrighty.
0: Uh, so that brings us to end of the show. Uh, if neither of you have anything else to throw in here, I think, uh, I think we'll, we'll end it there. But Pat, thank you so much again for, uh, yes. for jumping on the show. We very much appreciate Thanks having for having me guys. As always. Yes. <laughs>
1: appreciate thank you, that. Pat. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's always, uh, always fun to talk. Since we haven't been doing those Friday, uh, those AFC Fridays, we got to get those things back, back together. But, uh, been uh, been wanting to get on on locker room and chat for a while so it was it was, uh, it was good it was really fun
0: absolutely much appreciated so uh, for anyone uh, listening to the show on locker room this episode will be available uh, uh, on spotify podcast everyone else's podcasts are found within twenty four hours anyone who's listening to the show um, on podcast will be uh, back live on the locker room app on Monday to recap all the action from new england's matchup with Uh, the Miami Dolphins and then of course next week we'll have uh, our uh, All-NFL show and for anyone who noticed that our schedule changed a bit this week our All-NFL show was moved from uh, Thursday to Saturday so we'll be on here tomorrow Uh, Nick and I talking all things NFL going through the uh, Sunday slate of games Uh, and obviously uh, the uh, schedule changes and things that will be happening over the next couple weeks so make sure to uh, look out for that but until then thank you very much for jumping on
2: we'll see you next time
0: see
2: you guys thanks everybody and thank you Pat
1: thank you see you guys